holding you back? Oh, man. It's been a week. It has. Short yeah. week. It's been a little bit of a week. Uh, mm-hmm. Did a lot of driving. Oh. Yeah. Went to my 15-year high school reunion. Oh, wow. How did that yeah. go? I mean, it was okay. Like, three of us showed up. Mm-hmm. It's not... It's not like a gym in, like, the class of 07 shows up to the... It's like, you know, there's five-year groups. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, 2012, 2017, 2007, all the way back to, like, you know, 1972 or whatever, or 1950, whatever. Hmm. Anyway, we all showed up. We had dinner under, under a tent. There was three of us from my class. I had a nice time. My friend Michaela was there. And uh, this dude, Frankie McGuire, who's now a pot farmer, showed up. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, he was cool. It was fun to talk to. Shout out to Frankie McGuire. Uh-huh. Growing pot in Adams, Massachusetts. <laughs> so this was so. done, so not on campus. It was done at a venue or something? Yeah, it's on campus, but, like, there is an outdoor portion of the campus, and they mm-hmm. set up a tent. Nice, nice. Did they serve food? Or is it a sit-down dinner? It was like catered. Oh my goodness. Wow. It's pretty cool. How did you know that it was happening? I got an email. I'm on their list. Mm Mm-hmm. So. I'm on the list. I don't think we had, I don't think my high school had a 15. I went to my 10, I remember. Yeah. It was fun. I feel like I did a pretty nice job presenting myself. Ten years later, doing all right. Right. I haven't heard about a 15. I'm assuming it's not happening. I would assume at this point it's not happening. Usually it's like the weekend after school ends, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what mine was. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe text somebody. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) Maybe shoot somebody. Is there a person... I know for my, like, class, there's, like, a person. There's, like, a person who deals with the, the stuff. In, uh, seemingly in perpetuity. Yeah. <laughs> this I mean, is, I think, like, their job forever, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Yeah. There might be some confusion in the roles, for sure, because I was on student government for, like, yeah. the last year or something, and I believe it's supposed to be the senior class president who is supposed to coordinate that stuff. But I know the senior class president. It's my friend Titi, and she does not coordinate any she doesn't of that do stuff. It. So yeah. I'm not totally sure who is in charge putting it together. But if there was dropping somebody, the ball. yeah, either somebody dropping the ball because you know I was popular in high school, and somebody would have invited me. I, Daryl, <laughs> I've never believed anything you've ever said more than that. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, to, to no one likes to tune of people out there. Daryl is cool. <laughs> There's just no getting around it. Uh, so I absolutely 100% believe wholeheartedly that he was popular in high school. <laughs> yeah. I was like a kind of weird dude. I was yeah. like, everybody sort of knew who I was, but I didn't. Everybody sort of knew who I was. I don't know if I would say I was popular. Mm-hmm. But there was definitely like, oh, yeah, Nick. Like, he's a guy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, it's, one, it's one of those things that when you grow up, everybody's weird. If you're not weird, it's actually unusual for you to be um, blind, yeah. to have no personality. Mm. Right. Sort of like Dom Toretto in Furious 7. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of, you know? Yeah, sort, sort of. of like you, you grew up from this kid who was like interesting in, like you were the cool kid in high <laughs> school, obviously. And you grow up and then... Um, Actually, you're, like, kind of the most boring person in this movie, right? Huh. Yeah. You're, like, a nothing person. It's yeah. actually unsettling how much of a nothing character you are. Mm-hmm. It weirds me out. So, this is, by the way, No One Likes the Tuna podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Long. Sorry about the microphone thing again. I had a solve, but fell through. Didn't work out. Sounds okay on this end. Yeah. Anyway, um, we watched Furious 7 this week. I have a couple thoughts about it. I'm also mm-hmm. very hungry. This is going to mm-hmm. be a hunger pod. And I, if you can Tough. see behind me, I have takeout <laughs> dinner in a bag behind me on the counter. <laughs> large bag if you think about like a macy's shopping bag this is the full size um takeaway here yep yep (laughs) so that's what i decided not to eat on mic i'm just gonna like wait so there's a pork chop in there that's getting cold Mm. we gotta move Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh first thoughts about furious seven daryl go um I think in the cemetery and the following chase between the, um, I think it was a Chevy and the Maserati, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's one of the few times, if not the only time in the series, where we demonstrate that Dom's cars can stop. Can he's stop, yep. Yeah, he's a go, go, go kind of guy. Yeah. Faster, forward, always. But yep. maybe they were trying to, in this scene, show that he has a little bit more agility and he can stop. Because he has to pull up behind the stoplights. He's trying to yeah, chase. Yeah, I actually think that's one of the best driving sequences in the movie, at least. I really think it's very dynamic and you can feel it a lot more than some other ones. Mm-hmm. And it's sweaty and hot and he's moving, you know? Mm-hmm. So. I like that driving scene a lot. Yeah. And it's tense in the way that you would be tense if you needed to go and chase somebody and you're interacting with people who are driving normally on the street. It's also, it has no soundtrack behind it. So mm-hmm. you really can like hear and feel the, uh, the mix. And I think that helps a lot. I wish they did that a little bit more. I think mm-hmm. it's better used sparingly. I don't think it's effective if they would were to just do every racing scene and every driving scene without soundtrack and you would just like hear the screech of the tires. But when it's employed, it's 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 effective, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he can stop in eight. Does he stop in the New York City scene at all? I mean... Only when he gets shot by the harpoons, mm-hmm. and he's forced to stop. He's Otherwise, forced to stop, and then he does rev a lot. 
yeah, he's trying to go. Exactly. I yeah, in revving a lot or you know um, sitting on the brake and trying to build up RPMs. I consider that different, a different application of the brakes than yeah. this one, which is a much more stop and go dynamic demonstration. Yeah. yeah. What about like, okay, he stops in one twice, I think. Mm-hmm. He stops at the end of his race with Paul Walker. <laughs> he does stop. Yeah, inadvertently. Not a good demonstration of brakes, really. The truck stopped him. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Ah, you're not talking about the end of the movie scene where he gets flipped over? Okay, so there's that. But <laughs> but you're forgetting before that, he is stopped at the red light waiting <laughs> for him to race. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So he is stopped there. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, I see. It doesn't take a high-performance brake or brake setup in order no. to stop at that stop sign. True, true. Oh, you're only talking about high-performance braking. I see I, mean, I see where the quality goes. <laughs> I just thought you meant braking at all, like em- employing the brakes mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Uh, high-performance braking. Right, because, you know, he's a big power dude, a lot yep. of displacement, a lot of nitrous oxide, go, go, go. A lot of but, torque. Yeah, it's, it's in question whether or not he actually... Uh, puts yeah invests anything in his vehicle's stopping power. I would say in this movie, it's one of the few demonstrations. I, I'm trying to think of any other high performance. <laughs> We're just talking about Dom, right? Yeah, just Dom. No, right. Well, okay, <laughs> brakes? Does it have to be brakes? Versus? What's, what I would say a guardrail, <laughs> smashing into a guardrail and flying over the, like, in, the causeway of a giant bridge highway is yeah. high-performance stopping. That's, like, yeah. <laughs> stopping at a level of performance that's very high. Uh-huh. Well right? calculated, well executed. I mean, the physics The physics, there. the mental physics you have to do to, <laughs> to time that okay. Uh-huh. Big. Yeah. Oh, I do have another one. Okay. In six, when he drives onto the plane, once you hit, <laughs> he's going very fast, but once he hits the ramp... Must high performance stop the car up the ramp? No, right. you're waving me off. So that is the classic, um, like physics, like lesson. Like, do you have to slam the brakes when you do that? And the answer oh, it's to just that, a gentle stop at that point. At that point, it's a gentle stop because you and the thing that you're going on are moving at the same speed. Right. So when you're a wheels, plane in a car, yeah. you're yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're only moving slightly faster in order to, yeah gain entry, but once you're in there, your momentum is the same as the surface that you're there. Light touch on the brakes. Yeah, light touch on the brakes. Now, I know we're not talking about six, but I will say in all my learning about aviation stuff, Mm -hmm. rotation speed of an airplane like that is somewhere around 160 knots, which is about 180 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. They're rotation. not rotating yet, so they're clearly under that. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, rotation is when you pivot upwards. Okay, okay. Rotate. Um, so, you know, it's possible, I feel like, if it's somewhere in the 130 miles per hour range, they might be able to catch up to that plane. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, where does Letty go? When? Well, she goes away for a bit to sort of find herself, I guess. Um, you know, there is in the first of two graveyard scenes in this movie, mm-hmm. she and Dom are at the graveyard. He's got a sledgehammer. <laughs> she says, no. Mm-hmm. That's when I died in 2009, clearly stated. But then she leaves the movie for a while and only comes back when Mr. Nobody brings her into the fold in the team. Like, you're, you're missing one thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So where does she go? Hmm. Where would Leticia Ortiz go to, like, find herself, I guess? Is she hanging out with Mia somewhere? Maybe. Mm-hmm. At that point, are they... Let's see, we're in seven. So does that mean Mia's in... What are they, like... Mia's Portugal? in the DR or whatever? The DR? Is she hanging out at the fortress? Is she hanging out there, maybe? Maybe Leticia Ortiz went surfing? Maybe she went to I feel Hawaii. like she went, that's a, that was going to be exactly my answer. I think she went surfing. Yeah. Like big point break Australian coast surfing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. That's where she, she needs to go on a journey of self-discovery. We just don't get to see that journey of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. I would be down for a whole movie of just Letty... Journey of self-discovery. Maybe she solves a crime in between. A car crime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right? Car crime. Okay. I was thinking, I was like, oh, you're describing uh, a, a fusion movie between Blue Crush and, um, what was that, Paul Walker, Jessica Alba movie where they get involved in some sort of, like, treasure hunt into the blue. Oh, man. <laughs> Forgot about that one. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Of course, so, kinda. Yeah. Maybe there's like a spin-off. Fast and Furious presents Letty's journey of self surfing self-discovery. And it takes place in that space between seven and seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could see I that. I- yeah. Mia's there. Um Cypher can make a, an appearance incognito, you know? Because Cypher knows everything about what's going on. So. I think it would be better if, like, it was a little more removed. Mm. And maybe... Maybe, like, there's something bad. She gets to an Australian coast just to surf and find herself. Some bad shit's going down in the local car scene, which she obviously finds, you know, scopes out, connects with immediately. Because she's staying with Leon. Yo, well, that was about to be my pitch. That, like, oh, the big bad of the local car scene is Leon. 
<laughs> yeah. Or maybe Leon's the villain. Ooh, yeah. She has to. Yeah. And he's like, and, you know, they've got to go through a process, and he's he's got to be like, why did you abandon me? Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. I like that drama. I might not publish this episode. (laughs) I think this pitch is good. That's good. That's a good one. I think this pitch might be good. And it's it's watchable because... Totally. Michelle Rodriguez has skills and anybody... Yeah, anybody who um, watched The Fast and the Furious will at least remember Like, they'll connect. And if they don't... They're going to be pleasantly surprised. We'll when they explain it. Is. Yeah. We'll take care of it. We'll explain what the deal is with Leon. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> From a sc- yeah. script writing standpoint, we will explain mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I'm ready for like Michelle to lead a movie though. Yeah. I think so too. Back to what you're saying about uh, Vin Dom. He's, st- he's getting stale. And I think his performance in this franchise so is... It's run its course, you know. He's trying. He's he's done everything. He wants to just go live on a farm. He doesn't want any more drama. No. It's difficult for him to act in. It's difficult for us to watch him as the leading actor in these movies. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Next question. I learned. This a is sort bit. of. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I learned a little bit about Belgian ales. Belgian ales. Okay, like a Trappist. Mm Mm-hmm. A Trappist ale. Yeah. So I didn't know very much about it. I've had some before, but I didn't know the history of it. So Mm -hmm. you're you're right on track here. So a Trappist Trappist ale is a uh, originated with the uh, Catholic Trappist order in the 17th century. The monks. Yeah. And the primary, uh, they have a sort of three core values. And what makes a Trappist beer a Trappist beer is that it needs to be brewed inside of the monastery. Mm-hmm. It needs to be of secondary importance to monk business. You can brew the beer in the same style, but if it's the primary thing, not allowed. Well, and the, the primary thing is service to God. <laughs> of course. Of right. course. <laughs> okay. I, I think they They're use that monks. as a clause. Yeah. If anybody, yeah, if there's anybody, if there's any, um, yeah, if there's anybody who's brewing in the Trappist style but has lost touch with God, I think, yeah, requirement you, you number You can't, two. it's not, it's, it would be a betrayal of faith in itself to call that Trappist. Exactly. God. Exactly. If you I mean, brew, <laughs> if you brew ale <laughs> with deceit in your heart, <laughs> You can't, you can't call it Trappist. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So very, I like that rule. Yeah, very holy, very holy in that sense. I and like then, that rule for anything you do. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you have deceit in your heart? Well, you're doing it wrong. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Elon's like, if we're making Teslas with deceit in our heart, mm-hmm. we might not even throw that badge on there. <laughs> Exactly. It might as well be, you know, something else. Might as well might be, well be something else. For all we care. Yeah. If we're not trying to <laughs> save the planet and go interplanetary, then, you know, get the fuck out. 
Mm. Um, and the and the third and final is that it is a Trappist beer is nonprofit. All right. Mm. The original purpose of brewing beer is to support the community, pay for monastery expenses, among other. This all makes sense. Yeah, among other things, it's beer, it's cheese, it's bread. It's one item that the monastery produces so that yeah. they can support the community. Much akin to, like, the Amish jam mm-hmm. thing, where the Amish don't really want to fucking interact with you very much, but they will sell you jam <laughs> in order to <laughs> subsidize their lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, all this is sort of leading to my next point, which is um, Mr. Nobody, I think, might be the worst character in this series overall mm-hmm. in the Fast and the Furious period, the end. Uh-huh. Well, I, I don't like Mr. Nobody. I like Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. I just think the introduction of Mr. Nobody was a mistake. I don't know what it is. I understand they need access to, like, technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, and, like, the quickest way to get them there, I think, is get them hooked up with a super G-man, right? Mm-hmm. Who has yeah. that access. But then they're just, like, government spies and... That kind of sucks. They're just Hobbs from Five, basically. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, do you think with Mister Nobody they were trying to create like a Marvel Nick Fury character? Yes. All right. One hundred percent. One thing I think those Marvel movies have tried to do with Nick Fury specifically, mm-hmm. to varying degrees of success. And some of those movies are good and some of them are not. And some of those treatments of Nick Fury and some are good and some of them are not. But they have at least tried to give him some moral ambiguity. Mm-hmm. That not every... Now it's more sort of Disneyfied and cartoony, cartoonified and everything works out okay in the end. But some of those movies, I feel like, at least tried to be like... Oh this may not be the best thing. Mm -hmm. All this power in the hands of authoritarian government people might not be the best thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, that through line kind of punctures into Mr. Nobody and then trickles down to our family when the family should be about family and supporting each other. Mm-hmm. At all costs. I wouldn't mess around with Mr. Nobody's stuff. I understand that they need the God's Eye to get uh, Shaw because Shaw killed Han and they want revenge, but there could easily be a movie based around getting revenge on Shaw without you know, becoming like government stooges, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, showing how they do that in a scrappier way, yeah, is a might be, be a fun movie, yeah, yeah, be fun. Use your ingenuity rather than your hacking skills. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 
in the same way that they were able to find Scorpio via Nitro Meth. Oh, yeah. Let's right? get more of that. Like, <laughs> flashback. <laughs> Smell the gasoline. Flashback. Spidey mm-hmm. sense. Let's do more of that. That's Let's good. That. <laughs> yeah. Like, world's greatest detective stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds fun and gives Dom a character trait. <laughs> Which you can continue to build on, you know? Full circle, something he needs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Abandon Mr. Nobody. He's an unnecessary shortcut. Completely. To, uh, move along. Completely. plot lines. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you want to do some shout-outs? Do you have more points to make about Furious 7? You got one I, more. I have one final point here, which is that, um, yeah, I mean, the main takeaway from Furious 7 was how they were able to navigate around Paul Walker's death. But I think one of the things that was most effective from first watched to now many watches later, is that Dom employs the hot lifeguard trick at the end, where I forgot which movie it was originally, but it's it's the um, it's the tool where you have a oh, dorky kid, the sandlot, the sandlot. Oh yeah, yeah, dorky kid pretends, hell yeah, damn near, <laughs> damn near drowns in order for the um, attractive teenage. Lifeguard to come and resuscitate. Absolutely, him. I wish and I could remember her name in the Sandlot. <laughs> and the way that is deployed in this movie, and I remember that since the first time I watched it, the even the concept that Dominic Toretto was the one who was dying in the movie takes the attention away from Paul Walker's actual death. And right. That you know with. Letty involved there and the flashback and the coming together and having that moment, I think you know I think it was an effective use of the hotline. No, I agree. 100%. But I also understand why like Michelle Rodriguez is walking away from this movie being saying akin to I don't want to fucking do this anymore. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Like, yeah. I hate my role in this movie. I hate how these female characters are treated and we don't get to do anything. Yeah. And I don't really think they've made great strides since this movie in terms of that. Mm-hmm. Couple, like, nine was a little bit better, but was it mm-hmm. that much? I just want Letty, I want... Michelle to lead to be the lead character in a movie again. I mean, the last, the only movie I can think of where she is like the lead character is Girl Fight, Mm -hmm. which at this point was twenty two years ago. Wow. And she's you know she's worked very consistently since then, but she has always either been the female lead or she's been the secondary you know you know the secondary friend character or whatever mm-hmm. 
bummer. Yeah. We love Michelle. Anyway, do you want to shout out? Sure. Do you got something? I do have it. I don't remember if I've done this one before, but mm, this okay. one is a, I believe, a very distinct and very relatable anti-shout out. Nice. And the anti-shout out is to the community sponge. Mm. <laughs> community sponge. At the office? You might find it at an office. You might find it in an apartment. You might find it in any other sort of shared space. The community yeah. sponge is disgusting. It may look like it's brand new, but by it's the not. nature of its usage, it just like mostly spends its life in a soggy mess inside of the sink. Mm. And you can't even touch it, let alone try to wash or bring that sponge in contact with anything that you are eating off of, yeah. mug, plate, Tupperware, etc. Because that thing, it just, I can, every, I touched one today, which is part of it. Yeah. And for just a very brief moment, and I could feel the germs jumping off of the sponge and lingering yeah. on my hand, and it leaves a distinct and disgusting smell. Smell. Well, the smell, if I approach a sink and I can smell the sponge, it's time to give me a sponge. <laughs> yeah, but the life of, I mean, the lifetime or the life cycle of a community sponge, you almost need to throw it out every day because in a community setting, people are irresponsible. Yeah. And you can't rely on anybody to wring it out and to treat it the way it should be. They sort of say, like, if you're doing dishes at home, change your sponge every week. Mm -hmm. And if you scale that up to a community, it's a daily basis kind of thing. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't mind it that much if it's a gross sponge. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Put some palm on it. Yeah. Scrub it up. Even that. Pretty good. I mean... You can't, I, I, yeah, I have not been able to get the smell away. Yeah. It's just, it's lost. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, well, okay. Anti-shout out to the community sponge. Um, I don't have much else to say about the community <laughs> sponge. I don't have any good community sponge stories. Mm -hmm. I will say I prefer a community sponge to a community scrubber. Yeah. Why is that? Mostly because the scrubber is ineffective, an ineffective dish washing tool. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, uh, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like washing dishes with a scrubber. It doesn't feel clean to me at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's just even me. A, even a nice, like, grizzly, bristled mm -mm. brush. Doesn't get it. Can't doesn't get it. in there. Hmm. Doesn't retain soap. Yeah. It'll lather a little bit. But for a second. But yeah. those nylon strings, they just, the soap just drips off of them. Mm -hmm. So you can wash one dish with a drop of soap, and then you have to re-soap it. Where mm -hmm. the sponge, it, it, the soap stays in it. It's like a bar of clean. <laughs> uh-huh. So, anyway. Um, I have a shout-out to, uh, it's kind of related to your last week. Shout okay. out. You're, you shouted out to like community tennis courts, specifically somewhere that I don't remember. Down the block from me. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to shout out to the humble tennis ball. Because uh-huh. we were talking about it last week and got me thinking about it. I also have, specifically for my neck and shoulder. Ooh, nice. I have neck and shoulder issues constantly. And the way, the honestly, I've tried a million things. I've tried yoga and physio and acupuncture and massage therapy, all kinds of stuff. The best thing for it, honestly, is like lean against a wall with a tennis ball in between and sort of roll it around. Hmm. And I don't have one right now. I'm sorely missing it. Yeah. So I just want to give a big old shout out to the humble <laughs> tennis ball. An incredible massage tool. Yeah. Yeah. Is it uh is 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 there anything to do with kind of the uh linty texture of it that uh helps with it or is it really no, more but the shape and size? It's the shape. It's the it's it's there's one more factor in there. It's the shape, size and I don't know how to density. Mm-hmm. You know, like um it compresses just enough where it's it's not it's not like I'm rolling a metal ball that isn't gonna that you know that isn't gonna mm-hmm. give a little bit it gives just enough, but it's also rigid enough where it can dig in there yeah it yeah. has a uh similar to a like a carpet plush to it where mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. it will uh, compress is that a what bit. it's called yeah it's like the level of pack that uh I bet there's a cool na- if I bet there's, there's a, a cool <laughs> science name for that, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Have you tried one of those um, Theragun things? I have, mm-hmm. and they work great, and I love them. I can't really do them solo on the spot where yeah. my pain is. Yeah. It's on my back of my neck and my like the back of my shoulder sort of mm-hmm. down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I would love to. I could mount it to the wall, I guess. <laughs> carve yeah. out a yeah, carve out a tennis ball and put it on top of the air gun. Stick it there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Gotta get Anywho. you a pack. Get you get got to get yourself a three pack of uh, tennis balls, <laughs> therapeutic <sighs> tennis balls. <sighs> <sighs> Smells great. Anyway, <laughs> if you want to know uh, anything else about tennis balls, like I don't know, I'm trying to transition to the outro. It's not working very well. Tweet at us at Nolt Podcast N O L T T Podcast. We are No One Likes the Tuna Podcast on Instagram. No One Likes the Tuna Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you catch pods. Please do that. Uh, and patreon.com slash No One Likes the Tuna Podcast. Our episode about Crank 2 will be up sometime in the next week. I don't exactly know when, but it'll be on there. And then we have two more movies to watch in this... No. We have three more movies to watch Mm -hmm. in this cycle. Mm -hmm. Well, that ruined my night. And uh, then we're going to do an in-betweener. And if you are part of our Patreon, you get to vote in a poll on what in-betweener movie we should watch. So 
If you'd like to do that, you can throw us a dollar. We don't really have tiers. We just have a donation between $1 and $4. It'd be great. Support us there, and uh, I'm out. I'm hungry. Yeah. Enjoy that pork chop. We'll talk on fate next week. Fate. You late, tur. <laughs> Thank you.